From now until February, thousands of monarch butterflies can be spotted clustering on tree branches and gliding through the skyline in Galita's Elwood Butterfly Grove. These wintering monarchs migrate here for the temperate California winter weather, clustering in the eucalyptus trees that grow in the grove. To learn more about the butterflies, I spoke with monarch expert Karis Vanderhut, who visited the grove last Saturday to speak with visitors. Hello, my name is Karis Vanderhyde, and I'm a biologist with Althouse and Mead. I also coordinate the Western Monarch Thanksgiving Count for the Xerces Society for Santa Barbara County. Monarchs are unique in traveling a huge distance every winter in search of warm weather. Many travel from east of the Rocky Mountains to Mexico, but monarchs coming from west of the Rockies winter in California. This period is called overwintering. Elwood Grove is just one of the many locations in the state where monarchs winter. At the start of October, the monarchs start arriving at, on the central coast of California at these whole network of overwintering habitats or overwintering sites from Marin County all the way down to Baja California, San Diego, Baja California. There's over 400 that we know of. They are traveling from everywhere west of the Rocky Mountains, from Canada, Washington State, Idaho, Arizona, Nevada, and coming to the coast where it's not likely to freeze. Their whole goal is to survive the winter. They've spent the whole summer breeding and building a population. And then in fall, there's all of these environmental cues that trigger the whole population to migrate to the coast, survive the winter. And then in the spring, around January, they'll start mating. And then in March, they will disperse from the overwintering habitats and begin that next cycle in the migration as they repopulate the breeding habitat in spring. The monarch migrational cycle happens across several generations. The butterflies in Elwood Grove now are actually generations apart from the butterflies who wintered here last year. There are four or five generations of monarch butterflies over the summer. So a summer monarch butterfly lives between two to four weeks. It's very quick. They emerge from their chrysalis and they're ready to find a mate and look for milkweed to lay their eggs on. But there is a remarkable change in their biology and lifespan in the fall. So in the fall, the milkweed is plants that they've been laying their eggs on. There's many species of milkweed, but it's the only type of plant that they lay their eggs on. So those summer milkweeds are starting to get older and there's a chemical shift in the chemistry that triggers a chemical shift in those caterpillars that now those butterflies that are emerging are going to live longer. They're not going to be reproductively active right away. They're going to conserve that energy and fly the thousands of miles south or west to the overwintering habitat and then be able to live through the winter. Fall butterflies can live up to nine months. All of the monarchs east of the Rocky Mountains will in general fly down to Mexico, but all of the monarchs west of the Rocky Mountains fly to the central coast of California. Elwood Grove is full of eucalyptus trees that draw the monarchs back each year. The most common overwintering habitat has is a grove of trees, typically eucalyptus, but it doesn't have to be eucalyptus. It just needs to be a tall evergreen tree, so a tree that keeps their leaves through the winter. These trees are arranged in such a way where they have a thick band around the outside and an open interior, so that outside protection protects the inside from wind and strong wind events and storms. And that open interior allows for 
dappled light to come through and so they can warm up a bit. And they really love to cluster on the branches that come out into that open space. They often cluster over a ravine or some kind of a creek channel. That creek channel allows for there to be more moisture in the air where they're roosting so they don't have to go out and forage for so much water. And that little depression helps uh, collect and funnel cold air away from where they're clustering. So it's this neat little pocket of protected area. And that's what they're looking for because they're going to be there for a few months. But they're constantly moving. And if one site gets a little bit too much wind, they will move to another site that has a little bit better protection or habitat. They're resting, but they're, they'll also head out in the day to go get nectar or water or just warm up. Sometimes they'll move to a different part in the grove because it's a little sunnier and they want to be a little warmer, they want to be cooler, so they move to the shade. Monarchs cluster together at wintering sites, but don't necessarily travel in groups. I asked Karist whether they make their migration in groups or solo. They can. There's been observations where large clouds of monarchs are coming over the Great Lake and landing in the trees and then will stay there for a day or two and then continue south to Mexico. I haven't heard of that happening in California, but they could. Monarchs repeatedly return to overwintering sites every single winter. I asked Karist how they know exactly where to go. We would love to know this. We do know that they can navigate using magnetic fields with their antenna. They also use shortening day length to know when to travel and the sun position in the sky helps them know when to travel. But as far as knowing where to go, that must be more instinct. What's incredible to me is I've been counting monarchs for the Western Monarch Thanksgiving count at many sites throughout Santa Barbara and California, and they will come back and roost on the exact same branches year after year. How does one little insect find this one particular spot year after year? We're starting to think of it as more of a crowdsourcing idea. You have this whole population of monarch butterflies independently flying to the coast of California and they blanket the coast and they'll just land where they do for a night. Some will get lucky and land in a spot that is nice and they'll stay and others will land on a telephone pole or a house or a shrub that doesn't have good wind protection so they're not quite so happy. It's a little bit too airy too though and they're gonna move and they're gonna find these spots where the monarchs like it and they stay and then they start accumulating in these places and slowly you have this coalescing of monarchs in these particular spots that they prefer. Monarchs can see each other move. Well, they have a compound eye. They don't have ears. They can sense vibration and they do sense movement when they're in a group. If one monarch starts fluttering, you could see a ripple effect of them all start to flutter. And then visual cues. They're very brightly colored and I think they can, with their compound eyes, they can see each other pretty well. Well, this year, clusters of butterflies are easily spotable at the grove. Just three years ago, their numbers were scarily low, bottoming out at 10 in 2020, according to the city. Just the next year, numbers came all the way back up to 15,055. Karis explained this fluctuation. Insect populations are naturally bouncy. They can fluctuate greatly and naturally. There's so many factors that go into how big of a, the population gets in one year. So over the summer, there's four or five generations and each female can lay 
400, sometimes 1,100 eggs in captivity, maybe 700 in the wild. I mean, it's several hundred eggs. And if you multiply that by few generations, that population can build exponentially just in the course of a summer. But you also have factors like heat waves. When it reaches 100 or 110 degrees, those caterpillars on those plants are likely all going to get too hot and die. There's so many factors that go into the size of a population. And in 2020, unfortunately, all of those factors combined to be abysmally low. We had 2,000 monarchs at overwintering sites in the entire state. It was very hard to watch. And then remarkably, they came back up the next year. And we were shocked by that and overjoyed. And we just hope that with climate change and we hope that that natural flow doesn't get so low that it becomes an extinction event. Karis coordinates the Xerces Society Thanksgiving Count, a volunteer program that counts butterflies each year. I asked Karis for her estimation for how big the monarch population this year would be. So it's a little too early to say, but my early estimation is that the total population will be slightly lower than last year, but not, but still much larger than the lowest year three years ago. To protect the overwintering habitat's health, the city helps maintain trees in the groves. So our conservation efforts at overwintering habitat is mostly planting trees where trees have fallen down, removing non-native invasive plants that could damage the habitat or kill the trees. The clearing out of the dead wood will in the long run help the habitat because it will clear up, open up space for us to plant trees, new trees, and it will remove the danger to life and property in the area, but also reduce hazards to the habitat itself, where if you have a standing dead tree, it could fall over and potentially take out other trees that are alive. So if we remove those hazards, it one makes it a lot safer for visitors, but also for the habitat itself. The city was very careful to make sure that the tree work that they're doing was not impacting the monarch butterflies. So we did it outside of the monarch butterfly at overwintering season and really made sure that they, we didn't impact nesting birds and any other sensitive resource there. So that was really well done. We're doing a lot of habitat restoration for breeding habitat. The droughts in California have damaged overwintering habitats, but there is funding opening up to help produce habitat management plans. To view population numbers, you can visit westernmonarchcount.org. The website includes an interactive map and shows past year's counts as well. So the Western Monarch Thanksgiving Count is a volunteer effort organized by the Xerces Society and it's volunteers throughout the state that all go out and count monarchs with a standardized protocol at these overwintering sites. That number that tells us how the Western population is doing. And then the on the graph, it will also have the number of sites that were counted in any one year. So you can see the level of effort and the level of monarchs that were observed. To learn more about monarchs, you can also visit Elwood Grove, which is open daily. So for visiting monarch butterflies, I recommend if you want to see large clusters go in the morning, uh, if you want to see them active and flying around, it's best to go in the early afternoon. At Elwood Mesa, the sun hits the 
roosting area around noon. And then so between noon and four, you'll have the most active time when the monarchs are flying around and maybe you'll get lucky enough to see a whole cluster burst. That's what we call, it's like an explosion of butterflies and then there's just butterflies everywhere and it's magical. Keep in mind, dogs need to be on leash so they don't escape into the protected habitat. And then sometimes we see people throwing things at the monarch clusters to get them to fly and that is very discouraged. Please do not throw things at the butterflies. Karis first started working with monarchs in college. So I went to Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo and I needed a job. So I started asking the biology professors if they had a research project that they would could pay me to help with. And the first professor to say yes was Dennis, Dr. Dennis Fry. And he said, come tag monarchs with me and then go, we're, I need you to go find them again. So my undergraduate job was to go out with him in the very early mornings with a long net. And when it's colder than 55 degrees, the monarchs can't fly. So it's just too cold for them to move their wings. So we would put a net around the clusters, the shake it and the monarchs would fall in and we would put a little tag on them. And then I would go out to those sites and then others in the area with a spotting scope to find the monarchs again. And we learned in that study that monarchs move around quite a bit between overwintering sites. And Dennis Fry was the one of the pioneer biologists to start the Western Monarch Thanksgiving count in 1997. And I have stuck with monarchs ever since. I love because we there's so much research around it and so many people love monarchs. The more we learn about them, the more we learn that we don't know. To get more involved with the monarchs in the area, you can volunteer to help count the butterflies during the next count. Volunteer sign-up sheets are available at westernmonarchcount.org. Thanks for tuning in. With KCSB News, I'm Annabelle Hurst.